And we're back with episode five of the Foul Ball Podcast. Jason J. Statham on here again with each and every single one of you to talk about the series, the four-game series with the Red Sox against Toronto. Some, okay, let's phrase it this way. Some who of those people who are fans of Toronto would say it's a great series because they won it three to one. But if you're folks like me who get to talk about the Red Sox, who are fans of the Red Sox for that reason, would say something a little bit differently. Some words along the lines of didn't look good, wasn't pretty, didn't really sit well after the three losses and the one win. But I guess the good news on the flip side is that we did win 25% of the games. But yet again, on that flip side, we lost 75% of them. And so, uh, where to begin? There's a lot of things we can talk about. But you know what? I was able to take a ton of notes, a page worth of notes for every single game. And so... I think it's best to take it in chronological order and then talk about the bigger picture afterwards and critical think about the information a little bit more and, like I said, in-depth analysis of everything from that point on because, oh, man, I'm telling you, long series, three of those games were really long games except for the one where we won, except for the game that we won. It felt Phenomenal. I was like, hold on a second. I told myself afterwards, and I told a few buddies of mine, we won. We won. This is crazy. It's incredible. And they're like, how do you feel? I'm like, that's a great question. I don't know how to feel winning a game. It was a feeling that had just been lost for what felt like ages. Ages. So first game was on Monday, Monday the 25th of April. Of this year, 2022, of 2022 being Taylor Swift's year. And, you know, I know Taylor Swift saying, so I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Yeah, well, you know, sorry, Taylor, this is baseball, not singing about a concert. And this was a series that we did not want to sing that much. And so game number one on Monday, the 25th of April, Nasty Nate was on the mound. Okay, and Nasty Nate, Nathan Yavaldi, he was actually doing really good. Okay, Nasty Nate, you know, led an example that should have been followed. He went through, was it seven or eight innings with only 76 pitches? That in itself wasn't entirely that bad. It was actually really good. Nate, Nasty Nate, you know, gave up a run or two. But in the retrospect, in the grand scheme of things, it was a great pitcher moment. It was a great pitching shutdown. He was throwing the ball away he should have been. In my opinion, he was looking pretty good. And that's where things really fell apart was after we took him out. Because you got to remember, at that point, by the time we took – Nathan Yavaldi out. We were losing 2-0. Bats were slow. And then we caught back up. We tied it 2-2. And then our closing pitching, our, our pitchers that were closing the game, blew it. 
That's, that's as simple as that. They, they really did blow it. Okay. We lost the game from what was tied. Well, it started off as 0-2. to two, Toronto ahead. The Red Sox, like I said, came back to tie it 2-2. Two to two. We lost a tied 2-2 two to two game, 6-2, to two, because of a grand slam. Okay. Grand, grand slam meeting. We had a guy in first. We had a guy in second. We had a guy in third. Toronto did when I say we in the in the sense. So Toronto had three people on all three bases. The batter gets up to hit, and oh, he hit. He hit the ball out into the stands and knocked everybody in, including himself. So that's how he lost the game, six to two. Obviously, we we could not get a rally after that. So the record after that game was seven and ten. And to mention the Monday game, Trevor Story sat out that night. And Alex Cora was on COVID-19 quarantine protocols because he had, in fact, tested positive. So at this point, he was not in Toronto. Trevor Story was on the bench. And again, it's important to mention that some of our other guys were not in Toronto because Canada has this policy, you know, where you have to have the COVID-19 vaccine in order to enter the country, right? And some of the guys did not have that. And so, you know, they were back in Massachusetts hanging out and watching the game on TV. So that's fun. I hope they had a great time watching on television when they could have been playing. Because I know some of our folks on our pitching staff were among the people, you know, on that list. So we move on from Monday's game on to Tuesday's game. Tuesday's game was on the 26th of April, again, in the year of 2022. And I don't even know if I want to talk about this game, really. After looking my no- after my notes, I have to constantly remind myself of that game on Tuesday by looking at the sheet of paper. That Tuesday game was heart-wrenching, gut-pounding. It brings back nightmares right now just thinking about it. It's going to bring back nightmares tonight just thinking about it. And the fact that I get to talk about it right now, I thought this day would never come. But here we are. We get the honor of talking about it. Yay. Okay. But you know what's going to help? Here's what's going to help. This scenery right here. Yes, the scenery is going to help me out big time. Talking about. And so, where to begin? Well, here's the thing. This is where I can begin. Third inning. Pavetta, you know, Nick Pavetta's on the mound. And again, Pavetta is doing good pitching wise. I was happy with the way Nick Pavetta was throwing the ball. You know, and. The only issue I think I had with the pitching sense of things were the umpires. The umpire behind the plate that night, he had a lot of balls in there that should have been strikes, and he just didn't get the call. It was unlucky. It really was. And, of course, Toronto was getting the calls that we should have. So it was just very inconsistent from the umpire side of the persuasion. And so – to further go into detail more about that, right? Pavetta dropped in a curve ball in the third inning. It was it looked really nice. Like it was a great just toss. You know, it went it 
start up top and just dove right in. And the catcher that night had the mitt in the right spot, in the spot that it needed to be in, right, to just make it all add up to become a strike. And the umpire was looking at it the whole time. You know, he was right there, side going to the strike zone, and the umpire was just sitting there. Ball, ball, that's a ball. And some folks were giving him an eye or two, like, sir, are you okay? Do you need help? Do you need help? Because something's wrong. So that happened, okay? And I know there were some moments throughout the third inning with stealing, too. So that was a lot of fun, too. That, like, that was one part of the game that was actually fun, okay? Along with another moment here that I'll, that I'll talk about in a second. So there was a lot of stealing going on in the third inning on both sides for Toronto and for the Red Sox. And there was a moment in the third inning where, you know, one guy stole second and then eventually went on to third. Another guy was on first, eventually stole second. In that moment, we thought we had an out. And so they challenged the play, right? Trevor Story was right there. Trevor Story thought and was convinced, hey, I got this guy on, I think it was the back slash back side of his head. And so Vasquez, you know, when he threw that ball, put it in such a good spot. And so, you know, as soon as Trevor Story got the ball in his in his glove and then put it on the back side of that runner, he knew out, out, out. And then the umpire that was covering that area said, safe, said, uh, said, state, uh, state, safe, said, safe, safe. Okay. And so, you know, they, they challenged it. And once they challenged it, they looked it over. They were in communications with folks over in New York, you know, the whole rigmarole and this, that, and the other thing. So they came back out and they said, the call is from safe has been overturned, and it's a no. So that was that was a cool moment. That was a really fun moment, and I've I've got to say I love the new rule that the MLB has in place where the umpires have to go on the loudspeaker and announce, hey, you know, the Red Sox are challenging to play, or hey, like Toronto challenges this play. And I like how they also go on at the end of the challenge review, and they say, hey, here's the outcome of the call. I think that's a great addition. You know, because literally they do it in hockey, they do it in football, they do it in this sport, they do it in that sport. So it's nice to see that, you know, the MLB, that the uh, MLB system has joined that group. It's, as a fan, as an employee, I think everybody just thoroughly enjoys knowing what's going on and the outcome. And so, you know, that's the whole big thing, right? Fourth inning, you know, we had some steals. Well, well, no, yeah, between the fourth inning, you know, we had some steals as well. Bogey, you know, I like the steal that Bogey had, uh, a.k.a., you know, Xander Bogarts. He was able to steal third. They overthrew it, so he was able – no, sorry. He was able to steal second, and then they overthrew it, so he was able to steal third along with it. So, bingo, bingo, almost bongo. And then what was most interesting too, right? Long in the fourth inning, we're you know, throwing the pitches – and, you know, they have that new technology now where the catchers are able to press a button and then the pitcher and the rest of the field, folks in the infield and the outfield are able to hear the pitch call that's being made. So it's I think that's pretty cool, too. But, of course, it wasn't cool within that portion of the game because something happened with our system and it wasn't working. So 
Vasquez was, you know, give him the signs, you know, just like the good old days in between his legs, give him the signs. And then Veritech, yes, the Jason Veritech that we all know and appreciate and love, was also giving Vasquez and Pavetta signs. So that was interesting. That was, I think, I think noteworthy as just raise a question like what was going on and what was being like said and communicated, right? And so, yeah, like I said, what happened with their technology too? Because it's supposed to be there to help out everybody on the field and it's supposed to be there to work. So was it just not working? Were they not wanting to use it? You know, what what was going on in that um, period of time? And so Pavetta lasted eight, sorry, five innings, keeping it a 2-1 score before getting taken out. So again, like, the yeah, the Red Sox were down 2-1, to one, but like still, close game. A great game. It was a fun game to watch. It was intense. It was what it needed to really be. And so in the eighth inning, the eighth inning was a good time, okay? The Red Sox rallied to make it 5-2, to two, right? So he scored four runs. Yeah, four plus one is five. Yeah, so four runs to make it 5-2. I mean, that's the moment when the bats need to work, right? And I love a, a person that I like to watch videos of, Mark Cuban. I'm sure we all know Mark Cuban at this point. You know, he even says, you know, for his businesses and for people and for entrepreneurs, he says all the time, guys, you can get so many things wrong or you can do so many things, get those things wrong, but you only have to be right once. You only have to be right once in order for everything just to work really wonderfully. And that was their one in it, right? Where, okay, you're still down by a run and then the bats, the bats just clicked. Guys got on base and guys ran across on plate and the runs were scored. That's their one t- top half of the inning where it just all added up, which is awesome. But what and what made it cool, right, is that even like before I get into the rest of the uh, game, Rafi Devers was taking most of the night off, and then he ended up coming off the bench, and he was the one that really started that eighth inning rally to really you know get guys pumped up get them going he was able to get on base first and then everything else kind of trickled on from there so that was cool to see that it, it worked out in that sense but what was not cool what was not cool is late in that game what do we do we gave up the lead okay Deekman went in there towards the end of the game let it up. Let up three runs. Okay, there were already two guys on base for Toronto. Batter went up there. Bye-bye. The ball went out into the stands, and it's not to be found again, except for the fan who was able to catch the ball and keep it. I never want to see that baseball ever again in my life. Because that was just absolutely miserable. Miserable. So we went to the 10th inning, and of course, I think we've talked about this already, how you know we keep a guy on second base during extra innings for both teams until the game is over, right? It's meant to make extra innings a little more exciting and a little more captivating, and it also serves as a purpose to make it go a little bit quicker, too. 
So we already had like three guys in second. The guy ended up moving up to third. I think it was Trevor Story we had on as the runner. So Story went up to third, had the winning run 90 feet away, one out, two outs, three outs, nothing. And then, of course, you know, I'm pretty sure we had bases loaded for Toronto. We got out. We almost got a strikeout. But instead, the batter that was up popped it out to left field, out to Alves Verdugo. The only problem is that since we had the bases loaded, the sacrifice five didn't help. We needed a strikeout or a ground out or we could have gotten a double play. So one of the last things we needed was just a regular ground hit out to out the outfield or a sacrifice fly. And guess what we got? The sacrifice fly. Yeah, it was a second out, but the base runner at third plate at third base was able to tag the base and then run 90 feet in and score. And so they won well, they meeting Toronto won six to five in the tenth inning. The record after that, my friends, was a nice looking seven and eleven. You know, there's a joke about a football player who's a wide receiver. You know, the wide receiver's nickname was 7-Eleven because he was always open. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny, I know. Game three was on Wednesday the 27th. Just checked my watch to make sure that date was correct, and it was. And guess what? This is the game that we won. And you know why? Because that was the game that Alex Cora was able to fly back up to Toronto be a part of the team again. So it's good to see he was able to test negative, come out of the COVID-19 protocols, and be a part of the team again, right? It was great seeing him in the dugout. It was great seeing him interact with everybody. And I sure as heck know that's the place he wanted to be. So it was good to see him back there with the Red Sox, with the job that he so much loves. So, you know, we had a quick 1-0 start. You know, third inning, um... Third inning was not that great with the base running and hits and everything because we had the bases loaded, one out, didn't do anything with it, did not score. Um, you know, if we have bases loaded with one out, we've got to do something with it. Got to do something. One or one run at the minimum, two runs will be content. I would be content with that. But no, we got zero, and I am still not happy about that. But you know what? It's okay because we won, like I said. So we'll let it slide for a little bit. And Trevor Story, I think Trevor Story is doing really, really well for us so far, right? But he still has a tiny bit of work to do in the infield just because I know he's bobbled some plays. He's over, he's overdone some throws in the sense of he's missed some key throws, right? That would have been an out. So he's either throwing it too far right, too far left, over the head. You know, he's got some things to work out with that. So that's a major note. To make, right? Because the, the play that he bobbled the ball in could have been a double play. It could have been, and it should have been. Uh, just a routine ground ball, you know, light lob in a second base, to, like soft toss over to first. But no, that didn't happen. So the thing I loved about, I mean, we need to talk about Bogey for a quick minute here. Sander Bogarts, I'm telling you. The amount of games he's went at least three for three, batting-wise in a game, incredible. Continue that streak. Yesterday's game, you know, on Wednesday's game, went four for four. 
I mean, four for four. Big bat bogey or bogey big bats. I mean, he just keeps rocking it. He, he's got his swing down. He's in his comfort zone. He is in his groove right now. So, you know, it, it, it's great that he's found his groove. It's great that he's, you know, definitely helping out the team. But he just – we just need to have the rest of the team help out because obviously it's a team effort. It's not just one person that's going to win games for you starting the first inning. Right? It takes nine innings of everybody doing something. Something. So, top of the sixth inning, you know, he scored a couple runs. He made a 3-1. Then top of the eighth inning, the bats worked really well. The sacrifice fly outs worked really well. It just all added up the way it needed to. We had to score 5-1, to one, top of the ninth. Um, the There was a batter, uh, Mr. Ref Snyder for the Red Sox. Did pretty well. You know, got a really good hit out to the left field corner. Filled in for J.D. Martinez that inning. And with that hit, we were able to get a couple more runs in to increase the scores 7-1. And we won in that game, winning 7-1. Our record from that point went up to 8-11. and And with that win, we had the great hope of, you know, splitting the series 2-2, two two, which would have been huge. But today proved otherwise. So today is Thursday, the 28th of April, in the handy-dandy year of 2022. Yeah, we lost one or nothing. Defense was just – defense for the Blue Jays was just locked down, locked down solid. Okay, and ours was too, right? You know, it was still good pitching. Obviously, only let up one run, and we, we should have been able to catch right up to that and beat – the Toronto Blue Jays' game, but, you know, unfortunately, our defense might have been phenomenal, but obviously Toronto's was just a little bit better. So, you know, obviously with the pitching side of things, our batters really had challenges with the change-ups and the sliders and the breaking balls. And so, obviously, when they go into the batting cage in the practice, you know, they need to figure out a way to Knock those out of the park. So, boy, we know we need it. So, without further ado, we're going to wrap it all up. Because I'm still having nightmares from the game we lost in the 10th inning, 6-5. We're heading on to Baltimore. On to Baltimore for the weekend. Start the series tomorrow. Okay, against them at 7.07 Friday evening. So, the big question for this is, like, well, so hopefully we, you know, Kind of beat them. Three games would be nice. Get us back to like 11 and 12. And then from there, win a few more games and have us above 500 again. That would be delightful. So that's a big question I'll leave you guys with. We can all ponder it. I'll ponder it with you all as well. How will this series be pivotal for for our current circumstances and for later down the road, right? We think All-Star break is July-ish. So how will this one series be pivotal? Think of the answer. I'll think of an answer. We'll talk about it and discuss it at the end of the series against Baltimore. So let's go Red Sox, beat Baltimore, and we'll see you guys once the series wraps up.